I want to thank you all for joining us for the maiden voyage of Cornerstone. So it'll be different from the Titanic. We will hold fast and hold firm. We will not sink. And uh, as you know, we're here on Sunday afternoons, first three Sundays of the month to build our lives or to allow the Lord to build our lives on Jesus Christ and his word, who is our cornerstone. And so hopefully we'll tackle uh, topics which are a little more life on life and uh, be an extension of Sunday morning. But um, how we're going to start uh, this afternoon, and of course, this will be special a little bit because I have Pastor Ricardo with me, and we'll be spending some time asking him about um, how he does his home devotions and prayer time and how he instructs his daughter and his wife and how he helped develop a family devotional time and some of the challenges that are involved with that. But before we begin, we wanted a time uh, for prayer for one another. And so every Sunday, what we're going to do at the beginning is I'll take the top five or six people on our screen, and hopefully we'll rotate them through um, and just ask for prayer requests. Uh, maybe if I call on you, if you could give one thing that you're thankful to the Lord for, but also one prayer request that you'd like the church to be praying for you to the Lord for. And uh, we'll rotate it through each week, but this way we each the church as a whole gets a chance to hear some of the personal requests. I know we do that in small groups, but I think there's a benefit for the church as a whole to be praying for one another. So uh, I'm going to start at the top of my screen. Okay. And uh, Tim and Andrea, there is the Ringwood house and then Stephen Hong and then Kat Lou and then Carrie. So we're going to go with you guys this week. And uh, if you could just briefly share one thing, uh, that you're thankful to the Lord, but also one item that the church as a whole could be praying for you. Okay, and we'll start with Tim and Andrea. You want to go, you want to go first, sir? Okay. Um, yeah, I think one thing that I'm thankful for is definitely our elders. Um, you know, I think just learning about First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 uh, in Lagos this past week, uh, it's been, yeah, it's, it's just given me a, an appreciation for how committed um, you guys are to, to teaching the, the gospel and nothing more, not adding to it, um, not adding your own words, your own experience um, to that, and really being faithful to preaching Christ and Christ alone. And um, yeah, and you know, I think just over the years that we've been here, we've continued to observe that, um, you know, that faithfulness has been unwavering. And, you know, that's, that's obviously by um, yeah, the Lord's grace in, in your guys' lives. And I think uh, it's been a really great example to see that. Um, out of out of you guys, and uh, it's it's a really um, yeah good example for us to uh, to strive for and to uh, to learn from and and to to build on as well. So um, yeah, and I think uh, in terms of if you want to go or you have a oh yeah, I have to <laughs> too. I'm thankful for the church um, and the leaders. I think 
yeah, over the course of studying First Timothy and just um, even our 10 year anniversary, I think I've just grown a greater appreciation and just knowing that it's a privilege to be a part of a church and to serve um, Christ through his church. Um, yeah, I think prayer request is, um, you know, as, as Trinity is continue to, continuing to grow older, um, she now just passed a year, you know, praise the Lord for that. And um, yeah, we're starting to kind of think through how to uh, go about disciplining her, you know, once uh, she's uh, starting to willfully <laughs> disobey. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely something that we're, we're going to just have to learn through and, and just go through. Um, but just pray that we, we trust in the Lord and um, his guidance for us as, um, as parents, um, that we would yeah, be faithful to, uh, to always point her to, um, you know, back to Christ and, and to God as, as creator, um, you know, and not make it a, uh, you know, we as parents are getting annoyed because of this or that, um, you know, while that, there may be some of that for sure. I think, uh, yeah, we, we always want to make sure we're reminded of the big picture that, you know, she, uh, Trinity isn't ours and, um, you know, we've been placed as stewards over, over her life. So, um, yeah, that's how you guys could be praying for us. That's good. There's a lifetime of joy and a lifetime of prayer waiting for you. So, especially when it comes to disciplining our kids. Thanks. Um, Ringwood House, one of you of that multitude, and, and maybe what, what we'll do is why don't we uh, be gentlemen and let one of the ladies who's there share a uh, praise, something to be thankful to the Lord, and a uh, prayer request from the church. Alrighty, um, which lady would like to uh, share what they're thankful for and uh, a prayer request? If they're shy, Will, since you're a leader, growing <laughs> as a servant leader, I'm gonna allow you to choose. I'm gonna allow you to elect. Okay. Um, reformed here. Please don't make me do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm gonna nominate. Um, I'm gonna nominate no, Josephine. Here. Hi. Okay. Hi. Uh, one thing I'm thankful for. Um, definitely thankful for the church. Also, like, even though it's like the same thing you said, but thankful for the the teaching at this time. Uh, the focus on what is really important. Um, the support from people at the church for uh, people going through hard times and the like the biblical and wise counsel um, given. Um, that's just been all more and more precious uh, ever since like this past one or two years um, since uh, various things have been going on. Um, uh, let's see, prayer requests. I think my prayer request is gonna be a little more uh, specific. Um, I'm getting my second shot for a COVID vaccine Ooh. this week, and I am afraid that I will react poorly to it. So you could pray for my health, that I don't be sick for a long time, because I did have a reaction to the first one. That would be much appreciated. Thank you. 
Let's see. One thing I'm thankful for. Um, I think recently, Kathy and I, you know, something we've been um, saying we're thankful for is for uh, just our, our kids having each other. Um, you know, if you know what's happening in our family, there's just a lot of transitions that we're going through uh, on top of COVID, of course. Um, but I think we're just thankful that they've been really resilient through it all. And uh, they've really, um, I think just it's like fun to see their relationships grow amongst each other. Um, and I think even though like Kathy and I, we were tempted to be discouraged or anxious through kind of a lot of these things, uh, like they've in a lot of ways been more stable <laughs> than we have been emotionally. So we're thankful for that. Um, I think in terms of prayer, uh, yeah, I guess like, you know, what, um, what, uh, Pastor Ricardo is going to even talk about tonight, I think, uh, but just kind of. Um, if you can keep us in prayer and shepherding our children and, um, you know, really taking ownership of that. I, I shared with um, uh, uh, Mark before that uh, with, without the children's ministry, it uh, rightfully so puts a lot more pressure on our, our, on our parents, uh, myself included, to be shepherding actively our children. So as you can hear, there's a lot going on right now, um, but I can't use that as an excuse. Um, so yeah, just, that's one thing to be in prayer for for us. Absolutely. Thank you, Hong family. Thank you. All right, Miss Cat Lou, you're up next, and and finally we'll be Carrie Wong for this week. Cool. Um, yeah, something I'm thankful for is um, no, just God's goodness and His mercy new each morning, um, especially when I fall short in many ways each day, um, but God is still faithful to continue to work in me um, to you know, expose different uh, flaws and sins in my heart. Um, so although it's it's painful, it's not fun, but it, I am thankful for it, um, you know, to be to be sanctified and like Josephine said also to have um, you know, scripture um, being, you know, well, being pointed to scripture from other ladies and uh, older women and the leadership and such. Uh, my prayer request is very similar. So uh, like praying for wisdom and discernment and love, especially for my, my roommate. Um, I think right now we're, it's, it's a little hard because we're, we're both very different. Um, so for me, it's learning how to like communicate with her, uh, but also learn how to speak truth um, into her life. So yeah, you can pray for that. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Kat. All right, Carrie Wong, last but not least, you're up. Thank you. Um, I'm really grateful in this season for the Lord giving me different opportunities to be a witness and testimony at home um, to my unbelieving dad. Um, also at work, um, I was able to share after Logos um, of, a, of an opportunity that I had with one of my patients to kind of discuss aspects of the gospel with him. He's Catholic. Um, and I just am grateful that, you know, God has, again, given me um, relationships and means um, and even existing friendships and relationships that I can be faithful with to point to Christ. And that is my prayer request. Um, and I'm, you know, actually, Pastor Ricardo, I'm so thankful for the 
um, time that you shared um, with us uh, about prayer, your heart for prayer, and through First uh, Timothy about God's um, heart for um, sinners to save them and for us to evangel evangelistically pray for them. That's been something that's helped to guide just my even my thoughts about all the relationships I have, um, you know, in my life that I can be faithfully ministering to to pray for them. So um, you can church, you can be praying for me too to just continue faithfully praying for the people that are in my midst and that I would take any opportunity that comes my way boldly. Carrie, thanks so much for sharing. Um, church family, we're going to take a, right now in just a minute, we're going to take some time to pray globally. Okay, the Lord knows our requests even before we say them. When we share our prayer requests in many ways, the Lord already knows, but it delights him to hear us say these things, but it's also for one another as a family. And so each week as we go through maybe four or five different prayer requests from different members of the congregation, uh, I'm just going to ask you as a church body to keep them in mind, maybe jot them down on a piece of paper and through the week to be praying for these people by name. And, you know, as we pray for their requests, we know that there is no testing or temptation, but such as is common to man, that many of the things that you've heard, uh, these five members of our church that they're going through or the challenges that they're facing. Many of you are facing the same things. How do we manage our kids at home? Um, how do we share the gospel with unbelievers, whether they be family members or coworkers? How do we discipline our children? Um, how do we deal with COVID vaccines and health concerns and decisions that we have to make? These are all things that we are all facing together. And at the end of the day, what draws us together is our hope is in Christ and the sufficiency and authority of his word that shows us how we can do this, not alone, but together as a family. And we rejoice in that. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. Would you, Ricardo, since you're here with us this week, could you pray for us, giving thanks to the Lord, um, but also just globally just lifting up our requests that we've heard today to the Lord on our behalf. Okay. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. Just even for technology for this privilege you give us to um, fellowship with one another, even from a distance, Lord, how we can uh, come all together and even in some way sacrifice the pleasures of, of this world, the pleasures of this afternoon and, and take away our eyes from the TV and focus them on you, on your church, on the needs of your flock, Lord. Father, I thank you for each one of these faithful um, brothers and sisters who are with us. And we even pray for those who are not here and pa are part of the church. We, we love them. We, we care for them, Lord. And thank you for the freedoms we have in Christ that allow us to enjoy this world as well, Lord, as we also um, enjoy your grace, your goodness. But Father, I want to pray for the different needs that were sharing share right now for example from team andrea from the who's from steven from um carrie lord and uh, chile lord for each one of them lord um they need wisdom they need grace they need um endurance lord to to be witness uh of your name lord in this time lord we are not going through persecution but sometimes it seems as if we were lord with a world that is harsh against your name is harsh against the truth 
So we pray for help, Lord. We pray for all our children, Lord, who are uh, growing in a world that is filled with sadness, that, that is filled with hopelessness. Lord, we, we need, Lord, you, your Holy Spirit in our midst, your word to reign in our hearts so that we might be able to counterattack all these um, waves of, of um, thoughts and ideologies against Christianity and against, against the truth, Lord. Thank you for this time and we just commit this church into your hands that I might continue being a light into the world and into the city of San Jose. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen. Thank you, Ricardo. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. I've stolen Ricardo's Bible here. Okay. And uh, Luke chapter 9, it's interesting. It starts at the beginning with Jesus calling the 12 together and giving them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sends out the 12. He sends them out in mission. And then later he brings them back together again, where we get to our portion down at, uh, my eyes are getting, down at verse 18. Okay, and we're going to read that together. And it says, now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. He asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah. And others, that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. And he strictly charged them and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Now we're familiar with this passage. This is a passage that we went over a few weeks ago. And Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship. But as part of Luke 9 too, as he calls them together, part of the issue is the disciples come and they also come to Jesus and they seek out to be instructed about how they're to pray, how they're to follow Jesus, how they are to learn how to pray, how they have a devotional life. They see Jesus, they see what he does, they see how he comes apart, they see how he prays. And straight across the board from discipleship, whether it's from following Jesus or learning how to pray, what is pretty clear is the disciples need instruction in knowing how to worship Jesus, in knowing how to follow Jesus, mm -hmm. and in knowing how to have a relationship with their heavenly father. It's not obvious to them. It's not like we've been with Jesus. We know how to do all of this. There's really a need for instruction from the Lord Jesus. And it's also challenging and it's also difficult. And uh, one of the reasons this topic came together, Lord teaches to pray, 
was I was just having a conversation with Steve um, in the car and he was just sharing with me that since the children ministry shut down, uh, sort of everything now has fallen into his lap as far as how do I leave the kids? What do we instruct? How do we do a home devotional? All of those things really during this COVID season has not been that support at church per se. It's all fallen in the home. And uh, hopefully we're working as a church and as a church leadership to change that. And this year, our focus is to move forward in worship. And uh, we've already been talking about uh, resuming children's ministry, though that's going to take a little bit of time and we need some time with the parents. But over and above that, uh, there's this fundamental question for each of us individually. How do we cultivate and grow in our worship of the Lord Jesus Christ outside of church? on a daily basis? And how do we share that and cultivate that with our spouses and our families? One of the most common questions that comes up in premarital uh, is, okay, well, what are you guys doing together to pray and worship the Lord? What have you got set up as a husband and wife to have a devotional time or a worship time in the family? One of the things that comes up individually as we shepherd individuals when people are struggling is, how is your time in the word? Now, not that that's everything, but how is your prayer life, okay? The fundamental building blocks of our relationship with God, Jesus makes this point that he's the cornerstone. Unless we build upon the rock, our house is gonna fall. And that's what really our time in prayer in the word is supposed to be about. As Pastor Ricardo reminded us this morning, it's not just about getting more Bible knowledge or feeling better about ourselves. It's really about an intimate relationship and growing in our understanding and our relationship with Christ. And that's something that's important, not just for ourselves, but every member of our family as well. And for the men who are in the church, we're called to lead in that way. And that can be intimidating. So that's sort of the basis of what we want to talk about today um, out of Luke 9. And I just want to now ask Ricardo, maybe you could share with us a little bit. Number one, about your personal time in prayer and in the word over and above seminary studies, okay? But just that time individually in prayer and studying in the word, what have been some of the challenges for you with that, that people face and that you faced in having a regular time in the word and in prayer that's been meaningful? And then after that, maybe share with us how you've tried to cultivate a, a home and family worship with Vana and Vivi. Okay, how many hours do I have? Yeah, well, you've got a minute for every hour. Now, we'll... we'll uh, what time are we supposed to be done? We're supposed to be done at uh, 5 o'clock. Okay, so thank you. And, and again, it's so good to see all of you. You look so young and so shiny out there. Wow, good. Enjoying Sunday afternoon and... and uh, just as I say my prayer, just fellowshipping with one another, how beautiful this picture is for us. It's a huge encouragement to, to us. And, and let, me, let me think about the answers to those questions. I guess the first one is, is a prayer, a prayer that we all should have. And, and it was actually David who said this prayer in Psalm 27, 4. In Psalm 27.4. And I just want you guys to imagine. Here is David. who A man 
who was so close to, to God, who had so much wealth, who was a king, who was the father of the wisest man that has ever lived, a man who, who had so, so much insight and so much, so much um, closeness to, to the scripture at that time. And yet he says, he, he tells God in a prayer, talking about prayer, in a prayer, he says this in, in Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord on Sundays. No, all the days. All the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Here we see a man who could have so many priorities. And, and like me, sometimes, Lord, I just give you, I just want you to give me five things. I just want 10 things, Lord. I'm, I'm asking just for three things. No. He's not asking for too many things. He's singling out the need of his heart, even in a prayer. And he says, one thing have I asked of the Lord. And he wasn't there just asking. He was active. He was diligent. He said, I will seek after. He was committed to not just wait that things were going to change in his life, he was giving steps, diligent steps to do that. What? That I may dwell. Not that I may visit. Not that I may knock on the door. Not that I may experience for a while. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That is the temple. All the days of my life. Not just on Sundays. Not just um, when there are when missions conference or special events, no. To do what? He even went beyond fellowship with people. He went beyond knowledge, but to gaze, to contemplate, to behold the beauty of the Lord, his goodness, his grace, his kindness. And I was so delighted to hear some of the um, thanksgiving that you guys were giving just about the church, just about what the Lord is doing in your lives, just how you are growing and inquiring his temple. So I would say that it's very important for us if we want to grow in intimacy, in fellowship, to really single out that need in our lives. We cannot be there wishing 10 things. There are things that are priorities. And believe me, intimacy, communion, fellowship with Christ, with the Lord, even to David, was up there in the top, number one. He wanted to have communion, to be praying, to be talking with his God. And we see the same with Christ, which is read it. So I think in my own life, that has been... By, and actually, by the way, I, uh, this is my Bible verse 
like for my life, this is my life Bible verse, you know, these, these are, since I was, I think a child, I wanted these and, and it hasn't always taken place in my life. I have to be honest with all of you guys. Uh, I haven't been like a faithful prayer, full person every single day of my life, but that is something that I'm understanding more and more. So the first one I would say is just to really single out that needing in your life. Second, which has been taking place in my life is just to see the need you have to be in communion with God. And that I have been realizing even in the last few months with all that has happened in this world, you know, when, when you feel, when you experience loneliness, when you experience sadness, even depression, when you see that your finances are kind of shaking, when you are experiencing or feeling that this world is not the safest place for us, you know, we need to understand that there is only one place safe for us, full of joy, full of hope, full of wisdom, full of peace, full of love. That is the presence of the Lord. And that you get there just through the word, but also through prayer. Just really, really, really talking to the Lord. And, and I had a very unique experience just a couple of months ago as, as we were like, just waiting upon the Lord and praying and asking him to provide for our needs. And I kind of just went to prayer. Like that was the only option I had. I had two options. One, to call Mark Chin <laughs> to find some encouragement or go to prayer. God was the better option. I was, I was a very distant, distant, like 50 seconds. And I had to go and say, you know, Lord, you made a good choice. There we go. You made a good choice. You chose God. No, and it's true. Sometimes we are like that. Oh, I'm going to, you know, check Facebook, you know, find an encouragement here, call a friend, tell someone that I need counseling. Yes, those things are important. But when we start really, really, really coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm lonely. Lord, I'm depressed. Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, I don't know how to bring up my children. Lord, I don't know how to deal with my wife. Lord, I don't know how to deal with my husband. Lord, I don't. You start asking God and, and involving him in your life through prayer in a way that has, is really changing my life. And, and I was telling Mark last night, I have no problem also to tell you guys, I've been struggling sometimes with my daughter, bringing it up. I have sometimes even been a little bit kind of discussing with my wife. You know what I'm doing? I'm stopping and I'm saying, let's pray. Let's pray. And we take two, three, four, five minutes to pray. Lord, please help us to find a solution to this issue we are going through. Lord, please help Viviana Grace to understand this. Lord, please, if I'm wrong, Please give me the grace to understand. So that is something that I'm learning. Number one, that we have to set it as a priority. Number two, that we need to really start recognizing that we have needs. Even for example, with sin, 
I see there are a lot of young people and we all struggle with sin. How much are we going to prayer to ask God, God, please help me with this sin? A minute? 30 seconds? One minute? Five, 10, 20, 30? And I'm beginning to start saying, Lord, please help me. Lord, please help me. I'm, I'm struggling with this. Please help me. You are my helper. The Holy Spirit is the helper of the believers. So just see all those needs you have where people maybe could help you, but the best helper is the Holy Spirit. And somehow you start developing that friendship, that relationship. Okay, are you following me? Okay, I would say that. And third, just start developing um, a kind of uh, means for you to, to develop that aspect growing. For example, I just, I just read a book about meditation, really good book. You can read a little bit, a few books about prayer and start really seeing how some men of God develop their, their lives and how important it was that. So I think that's a third aspect. I would do start reading scriptures out how to pray, start having a prayer partner. You know, we are trying to do that with my wife like really, really setting aside that time for prayer. So that's how I have been developing my own life. You know, Ricardo, there's a few things that you highlight that are just so helpful and they're so timeless. And, you know, just to sort of reiterate some of the things that Ricardo's brought to bear. One of them is this idea of appreciation of who we are. You know, what, what Ricardo has been alluding to here when he talks about the presence of the Holy Spirit, when he talks about, um, just, a, you know, that idea of our time with the Lord is so precious and, and he is wise, he is good, he is gracious. There's an appreciation of who God is, mm. and that comes from his word. And when you get to Luke 11, we read Luke 9, where Jesus actually prays and then talks to the men about who do people say that I am and goes into that. It's interesting that he prays first in the Luke 9 version before he goes in. And then Luke 11, they come and ask him, Lord, mm. how are we supposed to pray? And he begins with our father who art in heaven. We forget, and, and Ricardo preached to us this morning, we are children of the most high God. He's a father who desires to spend time with us. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross. We forget that. Okay, so there's really an appreciation of the father's love for us. And it's time in the word and time Sunday together and in Lagos and time together, but individually where we grow in our appreciation for how much the Lord loves us. And that stirs our hearts to pray. The, the, so appreciation. Second thing, priorities and needs. Okay. Mm. Part of our big challenge, and we all struggle. There are mornings we all wake up and it's hard to open the Bible. It's hard to pray. There are guys who say it's just, but it's that idea of priority and need. Mm. Uh, our hearts are filled with other priorities and they are filled with other needs. And God is not the biggest need and he's not the biggest priority. Let's admit that. Let's be honest about it. We can come to our father and say, forgive us, Lord, because you're not the most important person to me. And I have all these other needs. And I believe my friends like Mark Chen, rather than going to the Lord, that's going to give me the comfort that I need. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the places for us to begin as a church is to come to a father who wants to forgive us. 
and just be open like we read in Psalm 32 and just say, Lord, look, this is where I falter. My heart is filled with other things. Would you set me free from those things? Because you realize it's a battle with the flesh. You're tired. You're stressed. You've got 20 things going on. That's where you gravitate to fix the problem. And yet if like in our conflicts in the home or with our children, instead of getting a lecture from Mark Chin or instead of negotiating or teaching or instructing, if I really appreciated that the best help of all was the Lord, he desires to help me. The fastest thing I would do is to say, okay, Ethan, okay, Josh, let's stop and let's just pray to the Lord and look to his help. The battle with the flesh, the appreciation of who God is, but also looking at our own lives and saying, okay, let me reevaluate my needs and my priorities. Mm. Right? Yes. Thanks for letting me share with that. Um, how about in your ongoing shepherding for uh, Vana and Vivi? Okay. So, so let me start first with Vona. And um, for all those who are married there or, 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 or are developing a relationship or eventually will get married, you know, men, and I'm talking to you, men, you have the responsibility of shepherding your wife. So right now, as I'm seeing all these men there, men, I'm seeing a shepherd there behind your face, right there in your heart. Why? Because Pastor Chin or me, we, or the elders in your church, they are not the ones that are called to shepherd your wife. You, yourself, are called to shepherd, to teach, to bring to Christ-likeness your wife. So it's a huge, huge, huge responsibility you have. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 5, calls the or states that the one of the duties of you as husbands will be to one day present your wife imagine that's a huge huge call hmm? so i think the first thing you know in my case to to um to 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 encourage my wife to 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 grow in prayer and in time with the lord has been that understanding you know now i'm going to speak to the ladies right now you ladies, I see a, a few there that might be single. You know what? You, you wait a tiny bit. Maybe not as much as Mark and I until we were in our 40s, you know, like, don't wait that late. Pray that may happen before you get to the 40s when I got married. I got married in my 40s. So there is an encouragement, I hope, for some of you. So just, and my wife was 37. So let's, you know, so, but, but you girls, please wait for a man who shepherds your heart. Amen. You want a man who shepherds your heart. You want a man who shepherds your heart. You don't want the best financial provider. You don't want the sharpest cookie, you know, academically speaking. No. You want a man who shepherds your heart. So that is what will allow you to grow in the, in the Lord. And for those ladies that are married there, I see you guys there, you know, with your husband. You know, one thing, my wife is right there and she always, you know, a couple of weeks I asked her, you know, I said, honey, if you were to ask me, how, how, how can I love you better? Or 
or when do you really see that I love you? She said, Ricardo, when you shepherd me with the scripture, when you bring me close to the Lord. And I think, and I want to talk to in love to all those who are married or, you know, are dating there, I don't know. But you know, just again, it's priorities, you know? Some of you wives, oh, let's go to a picnic. Oh, let's go to the movies. Oh, let's go out to eat. Oh, let's go to the mall. Oh, let's go to, to the beach. And we husbands, okay, okay, let's go shopping. Let's go shopping. No, maybe you need to start saying, you know what? This Sunday afternoon, we are not going out. We are going to start reading the Bible. We are going to watch a message. We are going to start a sermon. And I believe that is a very subtle way, you know, to start growing, growing in, in, in having a devotional, you know, with your wife. Now, regarding your children, one thing which really has helped me is just maybe the way I think, you know, until I don't see the consequences, maybe because I'm a Colombian, I'm a Hispanic, until I don't see and I, I don't learn the consequences of my actions, I don't act. For example, I used to cross yellow lights, you know, as good Hispanic, you know, ooh, yellow light, here I go, you know? And when I would see a yellow light, I would move even faster, you know? So I would, until guess what? I got a ticket, $500. That's a lot of money. That was the last day I crossed a yellow light, you know? Now when I see a yellow light, I go slower, you know? So I don't end up paying $500. So same thing. I think we as couples and families have to understand the implications of our lack of discipling our children. Do we really understand the call God has given us to bring up children? If we were to understand the huge, huge, huge responsibility we have upon our shoulders, believe me, we would be spending time with them in God's world like all, all the time. I still remember a good friend of mine, you know him, Dimitri. Yeah. He, was, he was sharing kind of what we are doing right now to his Sunday school class in, in Washington. And, and, and I, he invited me, you know, to, to his church and he was sharing about his children. And he said, he did like this. He said, oh no, oh no. Every day I pray that my children might, need, might not be lost and may not end up in hell. I don't want ever, ever to think that because of me, because of my negligence, because of my testimony, one of them walks away from the faith or like doesn't or has to go through rough times because he didn't exemplify Christ and his home. And his home. It doesn't mean that we are going to save them because the only one who can save them is the grace of Christ. But we need to do all what we can and all we have been called to so that they may grow in a way, in the fear of God, to put it in, in a short way. So I think the second thing that you want to have, you know, I talk to the, to the girls, you know, boys that are single, to the, to the men who are married, to the ladies, uh, you know, and now into, to the families, 
you just really need to understand the the how the consequences that is here is a soul a soul a soul the lord has given you some of you two three four souls that's a huge responsibility so now that i have understood that i'm really by god's grace really like every single day we are reading the scripture with my with my wife my daughter both early in the morning and in the evening like we we don't let go that like we don't let go that so we are really uh doing that by god's grace and and again how do you do it it goes depending on the age of the kids you know for example for the when they are one or two you know it's really hard for them to understand leviticus you know so you don't want to start with leviticus you know you want to read maybe a little history book and just teach them out creation teach them out jesus you know when they are two three as they go six, seven, you can start with a gospel. You can start with the New Testament. You can, for example, instead of watching a movie, you know, let's let's see the life of Jesus Christ, the biography, this hero in Matthew, this hero in Luke, this hero in Mark, Luke, John. So, so that is how we, we are doing that right now. What are you reading through right now with Vivi? Wow, we are going kind of a little bit heavy because we just finished Revelation. That's where, okay, guys, you want to start family home devotionals with your children under the age of 10. Book of Revelation, Ricardo Morales style. Okay, bring us up to speed. So we went through, yes, because we were talking about like all what is going on in the world, you know, like, like, like there is all these conspiracy theories and Viviana is kind of, wow, dad, what is happening with the COVID? What is happening with the, you know, with this country, you know, the world. And we were able to teach her, you know, look, Viviana, the Lord has a perfect plan. And this is why this is the end of the movie. This is the end of the video. This is the end of the film. He will reign, we will reign with him. So that was very defined with, for her. Now we are beginning with, with Genesis creation, you know, the plan, how he chose the Jewish people. So we are really enjoying that. That's excellent. One of the things, just as a recommendation to bring it down for us, okay, and, and obviously Ricardo's been doing this for some time. You can tell that you sort of, we don't expect you to come out and be the tennis pro and play at Wimbledon right at the beginning. You have to start somewhere. Mm. For Ricardo, this started a long time mm. ago. If we're not coming to the Lord ourselves, don't expect that we're going to share this with our wives or our children. In fact, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why families don't get shepherded is because we ourselves as men are not allowing Christ to shepherd us. And we're not coming to him to be corrected. And we're not coming and confessing our sins. And we're not coming and saying, Lord, I'm desperate. I'm struggling to have a daily devotional. Would you help me? And then if that was our path, we would have so much more compassion for our wives who have had a rough day or for our kids who are having a rough day. And, and to really begin, even before we start doing that lesson with them, to pray for them. Are we waking up in the morning and praying for our wives, men? Wives, are you praying for your husband that they will win the battle in the flesh for the things of God, to pray for one another? Secondly, uh, it's as simple as setting aside 30 minutes a day. Starting with yourself, 30 minutes a day. Do we each take 30 minutes a day to eat? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do we each take 30 minutes a day to use the bathroom? Yes. Do we each take 30 minutes a day, maybe even to exercise? 
we do because we view mm. those as necessities for life. Good. But it's something that we learn because you'll be with people who, you know, they never eat breakfast or they skip meals or they've been in college or it's never happened. They've never seen it happen. They've never developed that muscle. And so we're just saying to you, where's a place to start? Pick a book of the Bible. Maybe it's First Timothy or Second Timothy or Titus because we're going through that in Lagos. Typically, I encourage people to take a gospel so that you can spend time with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Or another simple thing is to go through the Psalms and take one Psalm a day or one chapter of the Proverbs. Whatever it is, keep it simple. Pick or, one. Or, for example, little sections, you know, for example, the first six chapters chapters of Daniel, you know, they are encouraging for kids, you mm -hmm. know, Daniel, you know, for example, Ruth is good, Esther is good, Joseph, you know, uh, Genesis narratives. 37, those narratives, good job, yeah. Samuel, you know. But just pick one, dedicate the month, February, mm -hmm. this month, this book, mm -hmm. just get started. You might not understand everything. Mm -hmm. There are things that are gonna be, that's okay because we do it by faith, not to be an expert and just pray and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me and make this come alive. Now there's some mornings that are going to be rough, but just to be faithful because you're trusting in the Lord, not yourself, that in time, the Lord is going to make this come alive to you and just be faithful and build on that. And similarly, by extension with your wives or your spouses or your children, Now, for spouses, I'm going to recommend in our premarital, we recommend once a week for a half an hour, but set it aside the same way you set aside church. Mm -hmm. The Lord's day is holy. That time with your wife is holy. Set apart. Nothing will interrupt. And to use that time just to simply read scripture, mm -hmm. share with one another what the Lord is teaching you and share prayer requests. Honey, how can I be praying for you? you know, and to pray for one another. All it takes is 30 minutes, but what it takes more is a heart, huh. okay? With the children, similarly by extension, that commitment, small amounts frequently, even for dads who have a busy day, even if it's for 10 minutes before our children go to bed. Two, three, five verses. It doesn't have to be an entire chapter. Just, just go little by little. But consecutively, that's why the Bible's laid out from beginning to end. Tonight, two verses, the next two verses, the next two verses, the next two verses. Take your kids. What we did for ours was Psalm 23. We spent a month in Psalm 23, and our boys memorized Psalm 23, not because they're brilliant, not because they're stars. We just went slowly, first two verses, second two verses, next two verses, all the way through, slowly but surely. But it was that commitment that at the end of the month, We would walk through Psalm 23 with our boys. And now when they stress out at night or they're having a hard time and they can't go to sleep, we say, okay, let's recite Psalm 23 together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down, right? All of those things. So it's consistent frequently. You can do it. Anybody can do it. But what's the missing ingredient? It's really faith. It's just simply saying, well, I trust the Lord even in days when it seems like this is not working out or it's terrible. And there are those days in family devotionals where it just seems mm. like a disaster, okay? But it's not about us or our performance. It's about what the Lord does through the power of his spirit and through the power of his word. And you do not know as you sow seed where God promises, my word will not return to me void. What is going to happen in those children's lives 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 
40 years from now. Julie will tell you there were plenty of devotional nights which were from my end disasters, especially when we first started and I got married and you really learn, but you never mm. learn as a husband mm. how to shepherd your wife and, and how to live with her in an understanding way unless you fail. Mm. You have to be willing to fail. And so I want to tie this up on, on my end, and then I'm going to give it back to Ricardo here. Jesus, in what we read in Luke chapter 9, says, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Unless you take up your cross and deny yourself and follow me, you're not going to have part of Jesus. But then he goes on to say, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? This is the idea that it's going to cost you something to spend time with Jesus. It's going to cost you time in your marriage to spend time with your wife and Jesus. It's going to cost you something to spend time with your children. You have to realize that. And it's going to be a battle with the flesh that this world does not want you to spend time with Jesus. Satan doesn't want you to spend time with Jesus and your flesh would rather be watching the Super Bowl and Tom Brady and, uh, Patrick Mahomes, then Ricardo and Mark, okay? That is the desire of the flesh. It's going to cost you something. But what does Jesus say? Those who are going to give up their life are going to receive it, and they're going to live, and you're going to receive so much more. And I think, you know, I'll let Ricardo speak, but Ricardo, what's been the fruit for the cost, for the sacrifice, but what have you received for you and your family? Well, many things I believe, and I'm talking to those who have children, it's just kind of the unity that he has given us as Christians, the identity, the identity. We are showing Viviana Grace, by God's grace, that Vivi, we are Christians, and this is what Christians do. Christians read the Bible, Christians pray, Christians give time to the Lord and make him the, the guide of their lives. So I think that has been, I think if I were to say like a practical, practical thing, it has given us an identity because actually one of the reasons why I have been really emphasizing this in my own family since, I'm going to be honest with you guys, since weeks, months, and it's not like since 10 years ago, like you said, you know, we are just learning, you know, but it's, it's that need of, Wow, what am, I, what am I going to give my daughter? What am I going to leave to her kind of when I die or when I'm not here any longer? You know, I want to leave, leave her a legacy with her is that she grew up in a home that didn't just call itself as Christian, but I really, really sought to seek Christ through a personal relationship with him. And that starts by reading scripture and by praying to God. That's awesome. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you. We're at 4.56. We promised we would finish at five o'clock. If you have any questions uh, for Ricardo, uh, we're going to ask you to put it on the chat. We're happy to entertain questions for four or five minutes as they come in. Um, but uh, I think that's probably a pretty, pretty good place to stop. And, and while we wait for those questions to come in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you stories. 
okay? Because my mom is on the screen here and she's got, uh, she's got uh, Hawaii in the background. So she can verify whether I'm lying or not here. I can't tell you how many times I was away at college or up to no good and my mom was praying for me. And not only was she praying for me, but she had some of her senior sister friends praying for me too. And in fact, it was one night when one of her senior sister friends called my mom up and said, is Mark okay? Why? Because I, I just saw his face and I felt really burdened. I needed to pray for him. And when my mom called me up and asked if I was okay, I was, I was in medical school. I was completely freaked out. So anyways, the fear of God was in me, okay? That there was this network of um, senior female saints at the church who were all praying for me and concerned if I was up to no good or not. At the end of the day, okay, through all of those things, you know, the mm. prayer of the righteous mm. man avails much. Amen. And I can't tell you, you know, how many times really it was the prayers of the church, prayers of people who loved me, prayers of my parents that kept me from evil. Mm. You know, obviously it's the Holy Spirit who was Amen. doing that, but he was doing it through the local church and he was Amen. doing it through godly parents. But that was always a model for me. Okay. And, and my mom would probably share as an Asian family in Toronto, Canada, where we did not have a strong social network and it was incredible amounts of racism. And we were caught in many difficult situations. One where we had to leave our neighborhood and sell our house and move to another neighborhood because the neighbors didn't want a Chinese family in the neighborhood. You had no alternative, but to pray. You were desperate, you were desperate. And I grew up seeing uh, my mom in particular, just out of desperation on her knees in prayer. I grew up with that. And, and that was a standard for me. And I think part of the issue that Ricardo's mentioned to me a little bit is um, in this American society, touched on it this morning, are, are we desperate enough? You know, COVID has brought that where suddenly we have become desperate, but before with wealth and prosperity, there's really no need because my life is running smoothly. Uh, but we look to that and say, okay, Lord, open our eyes that we would see how desperately we need you and be on our knees in prayer and allow that to really be a standard uh, and an example of a living relationship and a God who loves and a God who hears. We have a question. It says, with regard to, and we'll, we'll probably close with this uh, so you can all get back to the Super Bowl. With regard to prayer life, I understand that we want to carve out our time, our first fruits. How can we inspect our hearts to ensure that we're approaching these times faithfully. It's easy for us to see this as a checklist item or obligation. So how do we deal with, oh, I'm just doing my devotional time because I have to do it, obligation legalistically, as opposed to a heart that genuinely desires the fellowship with the Lord? Yeah, I think, I think the answer to that question, personally, or this is how I would answer it. Yes, you need a checklist, seriously. Sometimes you need to set up the alarm, alarm clock 10, 15 minutes bef like before work or half an hour. You need to make sure that you set like your alarm, say 20, 30 minutes before bedtime. So you carve that time. So there is a little bit of checking, you know, that discipline. And sometimes you don't feel like, you know, even with my daughter, sometimes I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And my wife is, Ricardo, we have to do it, you know. So we, you, we need that kind of checking list and that kind of, it's, it's a commitment. But you know what? It comes down to affections. 
affections. That is the word I would I think of. You know, how much do I really love to pray? And I was looking for my iPhone because, you know, I'm going to confess. Sometimes I have a, a lot of affection for this little guy. It's an iPhone. I just like to check the news. I just have a couple of apps that I will, you see, I have affection for this, for the news, for my friends, maybe Facebook. So I, I am like, do I love prayer as much as I love to check the weather or to check what is going on in the world? So I think I, think I would examine my heart compared to, to affection. You know, how much do I enjoy the fellowship with others compared to the fellowship with Christ? How much can I, how, how strong I am to say to someone, hey guys, I'm really enjoying this time. I'm really enjoying this dinner, but I have to go home, bye. Why? Because I want to go to pray. Hey children, we have to cut the, the game five, 10 minutes before today. Why? Because we also want to pray. So I think it would be absolutely. I, Ricardo highlights something which I think is just essential. He talked about, yeah, you do need the checklist, okay? We have this tendency to say Old Testament law, get rid of it, legalistic, right? New Testament grace, all good. Mm -hmm. But we fail to see that Jesus brought both together. Mm -hmm. And First Timothy talks about that the law is necessary for mm -hmm. fornicators, idolaters, homosexuals, all, all of the people who are living lawless lives, okay? The law in the Old Testament gave structure for the roadmap for love. This is God's love. How do I walk in this love? Well, here's the law. Okay, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. You don't put any other idols before him. You don't worship. You don't take his name in vain. The whole first four commandments. He's giving us a highway to walk in that says, look, this is how you love me. And so in a home with children, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to work backwards to us. With mm -hmm. our boys, once a week, we try and do what we call a Bible school. And there are some Saturdays where it's like, oh, dad, we got to do Bible school. Okay, mm -hmm. look, they're no different than you and I. Okay, I don't fault them for that. I got to say, look, they're just like you and I. They fight the flesh. Who knows where it's at? But you know what? And there, it doesn't matter. We're still going to do it on Saturday at 430. And we're going to gather together. And sometimes at the end of it, they're tired and they're exhausted. When they're not doing well, I shorten it. Okay, so they, they don't have a huge capacity. But over Saturdays, it has become a core of our family. Mm. And it has spurred and fostered mm. an affection, at least at a bare minimum, mm. that this is a time of love mm. for our family. And in part for my boys, I hope it grows their love and affection for the Lord. The same thing on a date night for a couple. Mm. I'm not going to do it if it's legalistic. So you never take your wife out to eat. Okay. Well, listen, there's some days you, you just get hammered at work. And the last thing I remember, Julie says, do you, Mark, it's been a rough day. Do you really want to do our date night tonight? We've got a babysitter. Set. I said, we're doing it regardless. I don't care. Well, she, you know, you seem a little bit stressed. Do I really want to go out and date night with a guy who's stressed? We'd rather wait till a nice evening. Mm. We're doing it because if we don't do it, mm. we're going to let all of that other garbage mm. win. Mm. And I'm going to do the best I can to be present. Mm. And it's not going to be perfect. But you know, over a period of 10 years or 11 years or 12 years, you know what happens? Yeah, there's some loser moments. But nonetheless, what happens is the Lord's tracks, that's a priority. Mm. 
And the same thing happens, brothers and sisters, with our personal devotional time. Our father delights to spend time with us. He loves us. Some days he understands we're having a hard day. Someday those devotions are a little bit shorter. But nonetheless, over time, those those, the, the to-do list in the hands of a good and loving father becomes a tutor. The law is a tutor that instructs us and brings us and points us. What's the law do? It brings us to Christ. Okay, so they're both necessary. Good. Is that good? Okay, um, we're 505, we're over time. I wanna thank you for being, you were all, this is a memorable moment. You're gonna remember for the rest of your life, I had to step out of one of the best Super Bowls for an hour. You'll never forget where you were on our very first Cornerstone uh, event. Um, the ones that are to come, please keep us in prayer. I won't have Pastor Ricardo here, but if you beg, borrow, and steal, maybe we'll drag him in on a couple of Sunday please, afternoons. Please, please, If it gets a little bit dry, and then we can uh, do something similar and bring him in on Zoom. That'll be nice. Okay. Uh, but listen, thank you so much for making time to be with us. This is a blessing, and we will be in prayer for you. And uh, I would love to uh, close our time in prayer. Lord Jesus how much you have loved us. You died on the cross so that we could win the battle against our flesh and sin in the world, that we could belong to you, and that we could just spend time with you free from sin. And that's something that you provided and it's special. Lord, we understand that that is hard. We need to learn how to pray, and it comes with a sacrifice, and it's hard, and some days are harder than others. But Lord, for everyone who's here and those who aren't with us, would you help us, Lord, to start simply by faith as little children, just to take a little time consistently every day to spend that time in prayer, asking you for the help we so desperately need, uh, to also to pray for one another, and just to open your word and consistently and consecutively walk through. And would you help us, Lord, for those who are married or who are going to be married, would you just help us to set apart time with our spouses or our future spouses just to read a little bit of scripture and pray together? And would you help us, Lord, with those who have families, with our children, to understand that what changes their hearts is the Holy Spirit, not how excellent we are at being instructors? Hmm. And would you help us just very simply to spend a little bit of time each day with our children reading your word hmm. and praying for them, understanding that the power is not us. The power, oh Lord, is you, your spirit, and your word. And that in time, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not for weeks, but this is by faith. You are a God who keeps your promises and your word will not return to you void. So thank you for these things and for your mercy and grace. Would you bless each one of these people and the members who can't make it this day? Mm. May we be a church that is built on you, Lord Jesus, and your word is our cornerstone. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.